0: Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. All right, everybody, let's get right into it. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. We've got a special show tonight. It's a show that I've really been looking forward to. We've got an assistant coach. We've got a recruiting coordinator with Allen Community College. We've got Coach Wyatt Moore. Hey, Coach Moore, are you there? I'm
1: here. Can you hear me?
0: I absolutely can hear you, and I just want to thank you in advance for just taking some time out of your evening to uh, hop on a call with us. I think this is going to be a fantastic evening. You know what, Coach Moore? Why don't you kind of introduce yourself and what I have in mind is maybe kind of go through your playing career, but ultimately what really got you into coaching?
1: For sure. Uh, First thing, obviously, I wanted to say thank you for having me. Um, You know, I appreciate you reaching out and giving me the opportunity to be a a part of your podcast. Um, Man, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm actually a Kansas kid. Uh, I grew up in a small town um, called Silver Lake. Um, you know, it's, it's a town of about a thousand people. Uh, my dad owns a little auto mechanic shop there in town. Um, and we grew up about, I don't know, about a half hour from an Indian reservation or less. And, uh, my mom works up on the Indian reservation, um, kind of grew up out in the country a little bit. Um, so I grew up hunting, fishing, stuff like that, being outdoors, playing baseball, throwing a tennis ball up against the house, you know, type of thing. And, uh, Basically, just, you know, three, played three sports, football, basketball, and baseball. Um, quit basketball my, what would have been my, I believe, senior year. Um, decided to stick with football and baseball. Um, played for, you know, some really good coaches. Um, Alan Cunningham was our high school baseball coach. Um, he's won over 300 or 400 games, so I, I kind of got to learn from him. Um, and then our high school football coach, his name was CJ. Hamilton. Um, he's actually the Kansas all-time winningest high school football coach in the state of Kansas. Um, incredible resume and record that that guy's had. and so I really got to learn from those two guys. Um, played for those guys obviously had some success, won a state championship in baseball um, went to two state championships in football as well um, and lost both unfortunately. Um, but Learned from those guys and played summer baseball um, for a guy named Wilson Kilmer. Um, He used to be the pitching coach at KU for a while, played at Emporia State, kind of a Hall of Fame player there. Um, So I played for him. Um, I was a catcher, pitcher, uh, could play a little third, a little first. And uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of went through that process of developing as a high school kid and got the opportunity to. Um, be recruited and accepted a baseball scholarship um, at Sterling College and played there for two years. Um, Kind of in the midst of my freshman year, um, I was kind of asked to change more from a, a catching role into kind of a pitching role. Um, I think they liked the arm a little bit, and, you know, I was behind two incredible catchers at the time as well, and my roommate was also a catcher, so, I mean, we had four or five catchers, and the, the senior that was there had just came off a gold glove season, so, again, I got to learn from him, and the Juco guy they brought in at Sterling at the time was from California, and I'm pretty sure he was a California All-American or, you know, whatever you call that in the state of California out of Juco, um, all-conference maybe. Um, but he was a good catcher as well, really physical guy. And so they asked me to switch to pitching and I kind of took off with it and tried to, you know, get as good as I could at, at pitching in a short amount of time, um, started to develop, um, gained about five or six miles an hour on my fastball, got in shape, um, kind of became obsessed with the process and obsessed with the grind during that. And, uh, went back home after the spring season, um, kind of played some JV in my freshman year, um, came back home for what would have been my, the end of my freshman year summer, um, played one more year of kind of Legion baseball and stuff like that with my friends and, you know, just tried to get a bunch of innings as a pitcher. I still caught a little bit for them as well. And, uh, I was actually having a really good summer. I think my fastball was, you know, probably in the mid eighties at that time and, uh, one of our last games of the, of the summer, I, my arm was kind of, I think just kind of tingling and maybe overused a little bit and didn't really think too much of it. Kind of, kind of been through some feelings like that before I just kind of tried to push through it and uh, finished my last game uh, in the Legion regional tournament, I believe is what we were at. Um, We ended up losing later, later on that day to be done. But when I came back to Sterling, I kind of picked back up and, Again, I barely had any time to rest. I had maybe nine days to rest and, uh, you know, came back to Sterling, started throwing, and I think we were maybe three or four weeks in and started having some elbow trouble. My elbow would start to just bruise naturally. It was kind of a weird deal. Nobody knew what was going on. Thought I tore it, to be honest. I thought I had TJ. Um, and uh, i trying to think. Went and got some MRIs. Came back clean. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, Then I started kind of having some shoulder issues. I was trying to go through some therapy and things like that to rehab that. And I got shut down for the fall. So I really didn't even get to do much in the fall of my sophomore year. And then uh, went through Christmas. Was still lifting, trying to get better, trying to find other ways to get better outside of throwing. And then when I came back after Christmas, I was throwing my first – Through my first bullpen, the ball was jumping out of my hand. It felt really good. And then uh, we had, like, an inner squad like a week or two later. And I was just literally warming up in the bullpen, getting ready to go in. And I felt a pop in my shoulder and felt like heat had went down my arm. And that was pretty much the end of that. I tore my labrum. So um, my playing career was very short, (laughs) very average, if you will. Um, And kind of immediately – you know, took a break, if you will, from baseball because I was kind of salty, right? Like my body shut down before my mind wanted to. And, um, you know, I had terrific coaches at Sterling. Uh, Adrian Dinkle, he's at Southeastern University there in Lakeland. Um, Coach Dahl is with him as well there. And I just, you know, just kind of taking that process really of what we did on an everyday basis and how we prepared our hitters, how we prepared the pitching and the catching and all that stuff. I mean, whether they knew it or not, I've always been kind of like a sponge, and uh so after my injury and stuff I took everything that I learned and you know went through the summer had surgery and stuff and decided that I you know probably wasn't going to play again you know I just it was going to take over a year just to get back to where it was and you know I didn't I didn't really have the the want to to go back and throw low to mid 80s after a whole year you know I wanted to be I had prepared myself to be you know, upper eighties, low nineties by that point. Right. So like it, it completely sent me back and kind of threw me in a whirlwind because I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point. Um, but I ended up transferring to Wichita state, um, after Sterling, um, finished with my bachelor's, um, got into grad school, started taking grad classes, went through, uh, about a year of that. And then I had, the opportunity for my last semester of grad school to kind of be like a grad assistant um, and like a manager for the Wichita state baseball team. Um, And I got, that's when I got to know Todd Butler, um, who's now the recruiting coordinator, Oklahoma. um, And Sammy Esposito. um, And I believe Mike Steele was the pitching coach at the time. Um, But I was around really good baseball players and, you know, I got to listen in on, a lot of different conversations and just be around those guys and learn, you know, learn higher level, if you will, um, coaching and seeing the higher level talent, how they prepared, how they worked. You know, I got to be around that for about four or five months. And, um, you know, Alec Boehm was there at the time, first rounder. He's now at the Phillies, um, you know, so I got to watch him work and throw BP to him, hit Fungo, all that stuff, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's really kind of my story and kind of some of the coaches and stuff that I got to learn from um, and kind of a little bit about my my playing history.
0: Hey, I got to tell you, Coach, more big time, big time coaches that you were around and big time programs as well. Kind of help us understand a little bit of a time frame. I mean, there was so much in there and there's a sure things I definitely want to ask you about. But in regards to Sterling College and, and your freshman year, like what year? What When was that?
1: Yeah, so I graduated in 2013 um, from high school. So I would have been at Sterling in 2014 and I believe 2015. Um, let me see if I'm doing that right. Yeah, I believe it would have been 2014 and 2015. Um, and then I would have transferred to Wichita State Um pretty much that summer of 2015 um, started classes there in 2015 and just kind of kept rolling through school really um, and then 2017 I believe it was the fall of 2017 is when I was at Wichita State um, as the grad assistant uh, manager and did all that stuff there um, I kind of I graduated with my my master's a little early I think I was a semester early so I just kind of I just got into school mode and grind mode really for about a year and a half because I, I knew that once I got my bachelor's, there was no way 5, 10, 15 years from now that I was ever going to want to come back um, hmm. and try to get another degree. So I just figured it'd be better to try to get a head start on it and just continue to stay in school while I had the wherewithal to be in school.
0: But my goodness, man, you absolutely put yourself in a position to get academically right and uh, kind of took advantage of the, the position that you were in what happened in that transition to go from Sterling to Wichita state?
1: Well, I, that's a good question. Um, at the time when I was at Sterling, um, and kind of going through the whole arm injuring thing, you know, I was kind of starting to explore again, the potential options for myself academically because Sterling was a four year NAIA program. And, you know, I kind of come from a lower middle class family and, um, You know, I had to take out student loans and things like that for myself to be able to go to college. Um, And, uh, you know, once once I got hurt, I think the reality kind of set in a little bit like, man, like this is a really long recovery process. You know, I may never throw as hard as I once did type of thing. And so that was really the first time that I had to take a step back and look at myself academically and maybe like, what will I be in the future? You know, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to coach. I I was kind of drawn to that. But I wasn't sure. Um, And so when I just I just decided to move to Wichita um, and and start school there. And um, I think I was in a I think I had a internship. I did. I had to do an intern hours thing for my grad school. And I was working under the director of compliance at the time at Wichita State, just kind of learning NCAA policies and procedures and tracking employment at the time, you know, back when, you know, they didn't have NIL and things like that at the division one level. um, I had to, you know, find a way to get those internship hours. And I thought, you know, maybe joining an athletic department was going to be kind of my move um, for success um, because my major and everything at the time was sport management, by the way, I forgot to mention that. Um, So I was a sport management major. And uh, so I had to go take a practicum and an internship and stuff like that. And learned under the director of compliance for really about three months. I wasn't in there that long. You know, like it takes years to really master that stuff. And uh, I just kind of happened to be in there. And their director of ops walked through the door. His name was Scott Gers. And uh, he was wearing his baseball stuff. And I came up and just introduced myself and told him that, you know, I played college baseball at Sterling and would love the opportunity if you have anything, you know, as a GA or, or any, you know, being a volunteer assistant, you know, anything at that point to maybe get in to get my foot in the door at a high level baseball program. And, uh, he told me that, you know, he would get back with me, um, about, I don't know, it had been maybe a week or two after that, didn't really hear much at the time. And so I actually took it upon myself and I used to, I used to literally go park my car in front of the baseball offices and I waited from seven o'clock in the morning to nine 30 for four straight days um, waiting for the head coach of Wichita state at the time, Todd Butler to show up and, you know, went inside a couple of times and talked to the secretary, you know, she was probably like, man, this guy's crazy. And, uh, but I really wanted it. You know, I wanted that opportunity and, you know, not a lot of people know that about me, but, um, you know, I, I wanted it that bad, and I feel like if you're willing to do something that bad, you're gonna do it. And um, on like the third or fourth day, he showed up and he invited me into his office, and we had a conversation, and left there with a the GA spot. Um, and again, it was a really good learning experience for me to be around those types of high level players and uh, watch again, watch their preparation, watch what they did every day, how they practice, how they structured practice. Um, because the way that Wichita State did it was obviously different than Sterling. So um, Sterling was fast-paced, very team dynamic, but because of the NCAA rules at the time, um, you know, most of Wichita State's practices during the fall were like scrimmages and inter-squads for team stuff. Um, But then obviously they'd have their days where pitchers would throw bullpens and uh, defense would get their work and then they would just hit BP, you know, stuff like that. So, there wasn't really any. I mean, again, there's probably rules and stuff at the NAI level, but um, we were very team centric at Sterling. So,
0: thank you very much for walking through all of that. I mean, you had a great uh, prep career in high school with, with state championships. Maybe football didn't work out the way you wanted it to, but it led you to have an opportunity to, to, to play college baseball. And then college baseball in and of itself really gave you the opportunity to get the degree in sports management that you wanted. And, and uh, you, you kind of capitalized that on your own initiative to um, also get a master's degree at a D1 school. I mean, that's, uh, that's absolutely big time stuff right there, Coach Moore. Appreciate that's you great. walking through that. Yeah,
1: I appreciate that. You know, school was not, <laughs> for me, to be honest, uh, just because we're touching on school, school was not my thing in high school. Um, I, I don't know how many times, you know, I had to probably be sat down and talk to you about, you know, turning in homework and studying for tests and things like that. I just, it was more laziness, you know, than anything. Um, it wasn't that I wasn't smart. It wasn't that, you know, I wasn't good at certain subjects. Um, you know, it, it just, I, I think I graduated high school with like a, like a 2.4 GPA. Um, hmm. I wasn't even division one eligible, um, And, you know, again, grateful for Coach Dinkle because how he ran his program with the structure and everything that we had, it changed my life, to be honest. And Hmm. um, I ended up graduating with my bachelor's um, with, I believe, a 3.7. And so I got cum laude honors and I graduated with my master's with, I believe, a 4.0. So um, just the trajectory just the trajectory and the impact that, you know, the coaches that I've had in my life have had on me, I think ultimately is what really jump started me because I knew that I had to work for everything that I've ever gotten. And, you know, just get, sometimes it just takes an opportunity. That door just needs to be open for certain people just to crack. And the, the right people will open like barge in and open that door and, and run. Right. So, once I identified that it was more of a laziness factor than a learning factor or a learning disability factor, um, I think it's just kind of catapulted myself as a coach and in, in my career. So,
0: Absolutely, man. Congratulations. That's inspiring stuff right there. Big time stuff. I'm very, very happy that you shared that. Let's talk about cracking the door just a little bit. and Let's start talking about some of the roles that you have at – Allen Community College currently? I mean, my understanding is that you're the director of strength and conditioning. You're the hitting coach, you're assistant baseball coach, you're the recruiting coordinator. I mean, you're wearing a lot of hats and that gives you the opportunity to kind of crack open a lot of doors for a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. guys that are already in the program or guys that potentially can come to the program. So how do you balance all of those responsibilities and really kind of create a, uh, just a, a comprehensive program.
1: Yeah, um, man, it, obviously having the uh, a support system like I have, obviously um, that's the fundamental basis of it. Um, but I think, you know, looking at it too, I mean, Coach Stoy, our head coach, Clint Stoy, um, I mean, he's been here 10 years now. You know, pretty much everything that I walked into had been essentially changed by him really over the last five years, you know, he brought in so many new things into a program, turf infield, new outfield fence hitting pavilion. That's got two tunnels. And, you know, we've updated our clubhouse now. So, you know, just being around him for the last year here at Allen, I think he's learned to, you know, trust me. And, you know, we ping pong ideas off each other all the time. We're constantly talking and communicating. I'll go to his house. He'll come to my house um and I think just during that time he's learned to trust me and he's just given me more and more and more and you know I'm a guy that really likes to take ownership because I'm a little OCD I think um you know I like when things are done I like it when I can do things my way because I feel like they're going to be done correctly and I don't know if that's the greatest strength or or compliment really but um you know i it definitely takes a lot of support. It takes having a lot of trust from your head guy. And then, you know, lots of long days, you got to be willing to wake up at, you know, we have weights at five two days a week. And, you know, so I'm up at five 15, five 30, get in the weight room and our conditioning stuff set up for the day. So, you know, and then I won't go to bed sometimes till 11 or 12 or even 1 AM because I've been recruiting all night. Um, so, it's, just, it's a lot of long days. You know, you got to be prepared to put in those types of days. Um, and then, you know, just the from the hitting aspect and the recruiting aspect, again, I've, I've had some very, very good mentors in my life that have taught me a lot. And like I said, I've, I feel like I've always kind of been a sponge with baseball. I feel like, you know, there's not a lot of, in my opinion, there's not a lot of things out there that Wyatt Moore would be good at. You know, but I think baseball is one of those things that I think I have a chance to be good at someday. And so um, I I just I love to listen to podcasts and ABCA stuff and stuff like that and just keep learning. You know, I'll go on a six hour road trip and I'll just throw in two or three ABCA podcasts and just get after it. So I'm constantly learning, constantly listening and discovering new ideas. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of kind of how I balance it, you know. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Speaking of new ideas and, and different um, backgrounds that you bring to your current role, let's talk a little bit about summer league and summer coaching, you know. Mm-hmm. So you've had experience in the summer and, and maybe kind of just talk to that a little bit about what that experience is like during the summer. And then ultimately for you as a coach helped you in in your coaching philosophy.
1: Yeah, um... My first ever college college coaching job um, was was uh, in the Kansas Collegiate Baseball League. It was in Park City, um, Kansas, which is just a little suburb north of Wichita. Um, so I, was, I had just finished school um, or getting ready to finish school. Maybe um, I had went through the GA stuff at Wichita State. Um, and I was actually coaching high school baseball at a small town called Bell Plain um, at the time. And... Uh, just got a text one day from a guy that I had kind of networked with a little bit. He didn't really know me a lot. I didn't really know him a lot. And he was like, Hey, I got a, you know, assistant coaching job for a summer league team that coaches college baseball players. If you're interested. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm a hundred percent interested. And, uh, he was like, cool. The pays like 300 bucks or 400 bucks or whatever (laughs) it was. And, you know, I sent back like for the whole summer question mark, <laughs> you know, cause I didn't, I didn't know any better, you know? And uh, he was like, yeah, for the whole summer. I was like, awesome. I'll be there. <laughs> and so that learning experience right there was honestly about, you know, how important leadership is, how important, you know, having talented players, obviously, cause we didn't have, you know, we just didn't have the success that I think everybody had wanted. Uh, we, we didn't win very many games and, You know, it taught me the importance of structure and things like that. Um, But I built relationships with those guys and I helped those guys. And, you know, I used to go do catching stuff and do a bunch of pregame stuff with our catchers. And, um, you know, obviously was kind of the hitting guy and was in charge of the offense and stuff like that. So being a I might have been shoot 20, 21, maybe at the time, you know, kind of getting my my hands on experience of, coaching and learning structure and stuff like that. Um, And then my second college uh, summer league experience, um, it all kind of goes together a little bit, but uh, I I was out at Arizona Western at the time and um, COVID had canceled everybody's season during that point. And um, I had had went home and – started working for a remodeling company because didn't, didn't know if baseball was ever going to happen again. Right. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, everybody's freaking out. So I was like, wow, what better time than to learn a new skill? You know, I had no experience using a hammer and a drill. I had no idea what I was doing. And this guy, uh, and his family company took me in and taught me how to do remodeling and carpentry and painting and all that kind of stuff. And I did that for really about a year and um, kind of had enough of that lifestyle I think to know that you know I can't really I can't really just be this anymore like I need to get back into coaching I like relationships with players I like competing um, and so I started applying for summer baseball jobs I had noticed that summer baseball was going to be a thing again and uh, man I applied for shoot I don't know 15 or 20 jobs across the country I didn't care where they were at and the new market rebels out in the valley baseball league um by Ted Steinberg he called me and interviewed me for a couple hours and then had his hitting coach call me and interviewed me for a couple more hours and we just really hit it off and had a lot in common and believed in kind of the same things and um to be honest with you at the time I had no idea what the valley baseball league was um you know, I had heard about it a little bit, but I didn't realize that it's it's a very, very top, top of the line type of summer league. Very historic. It's up in the Blue Ridge Mountains in northwest Virginia. Um, and went up there, kind of took a leap of faith to get back into it and moved out to Virginia for the summer and coached that. And uh, I was kind of like the assistant hitting coach. Worked with the catchers, worked with the outfielders, and then I coached first base out there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, again, very hands on, but it was a huge learning moment for me because, again, I was around extremely talented players. I was around Power Five guys again and um, guys at mid majors that were, you know, very talented. Um, Wake Forest had sent a couple of their pitchers out for that league. Um, one of them was Seth Keener. He actually just got drafted in the third round last summer. Uh, so I got to be around Seth Keener. And again, man, the, the most important thing I really got to do for my development as a coach was really pick their brains. And I'm the type of coach that likes to have conversations about hitting and kind of what goes on in their minds. Like, what are you thinking here? Do you do this? Do you do that? Tell me, you know, tell me what you do. What's your routine? Like, What does ECU do? What, you know what I mean? Like, just, just give me everything you got, you know, cause I want to learn. And, you know, so, again ping-ponging ideas off of players and having them teach me things and and then me maybe show them some things they never thought about before you know i think there was just a lot of very good feedback and uh we ended up having a lot of success um you know through the midway point i think we were second or third in the league um we were like eight or nine games over 500 we had a very talented group of guys um i think four or five of them are playing pro ball now and a couple more might, you know, end up getting that opportunity after this senior year that they have. Um, but then as the halfway point hit, we had we started getting injured. We had some guys go down with some injuries and um, in those types of leagues, the Valley Baseball League, the Cape Cod League, you know, probably the Northwoods and stuff like that. The CPL, it's a lot more competitive and you're kind of more thrown into the light of winning, you know, you need to win. You need to put a good product out on the field for the community because this is kind of their major league baseball, you know? Um, So we ended up losing some guys. Um, We lost a couple guys that thought they were going to get drafted and we ended up finishing kind of rough down the stretch, uh, but made playoffs and then ended up losing, I believe in the first round of playoffs. um, And I believe three games. Um, And, That was pretty much the end of the summer. And after that, I got a job offer to go coach at a Division II junior college um, called Pasco-Hernando State in Florida. Um, Coached there for about three or four months. Wasn't really the right fit for me. um, And decided to kind of leave at that point and figure out kind of what my next step was after that. And um, move back to Wichita. Um, and worked again, carpentry remodeling again, just so I could figure something out. And then, yeah, I mean, not even six or seven months later, um, the recruiting coordinator job here at Allen opened up and applied for it and got it. So,
0: <laughs> man, that's an awesome run, run through. And thank you for that description of the yeah, summer league. Everything is kind of,
1: everything is intertwined and, and connected. So <laughs>
0: I mean, honestly, it is—it's incredible, man. You've had a fascinating career up to this point so far, and I—I kind of want to touch a little bit more on that player development. And uh, and really, what I mean, you know, I did a little bit of research on you, and I may have some of the numbers wrong, but I think you've had the opportunity, you know, to to probably be associated with and coach with probably about you know, upwards of fifteen guys or so that have been drafted, and and it and it looks like. There, were, there may have been at least six or so that were in the top 10 rounds of, of the draft. So really high level guys that you had an opportunity to be around. And, and one of the things I'm really curious about, or maybe two of the things, is maybe what was it that you did to maybe kind of help them to prepare for that next level? But also just from your observation, what kind of set those guys apart? And, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of guys out there with talent, you mm-hmm. know, and, but there's something that just kind of makes someone just a little bit different. Did you pick up on anything along those lines?
1: Yeah. Um, so the first thing that always jumped out to me, you know, about kind of the guys that have all been taken in the top 10 rounds is their mindset. Um, I mean, they, They love to work. They love to work. They love to get dirty. They love to get after it. They play hard. They respect the game. Um, And they want it, you know. And the second thing, obviously, is just the talent. You know, they've probably been around some really tremendous coaches in their life. And they obviously have some genetics and, you know, tremendous athleticism and things like that um, to help them along the way. But, you know, a couple of the guys that I coached, you know, really in the Valley, I mean, they, they would struggle a little bit. At times, they go, you know, two or three games without a hit, but they just continue to show up every day. And, you know, they'd be like, hey, Coach Moore, can you flip me some balls? Can you throw me some BP today? You know, whatever it is. And or, hey, can you help me today with my swing or whatever it may be? And, you know, again, I, I'm a very hands on guy. And, you know, I was very grateful that they would ask for my help um, now, obviously, at Wichita State you know, as a GA, you can't real, you couldn't really quote unquote coach, right? Like it was kind of an NCA rule as like a GA type guy like I was. So for me, honestly, I didn't, I, I mean, I really didn't do a lot at Wichita State. I mean, I hit a lot of fungo and threw BP and fed a machine and um, again, repped out guys defensively when, when they needed me to, I did, you know, I would get a video stick or whatever and do some video for the head coach, right? Um, But as far as as me really coaching those guys, I mean, I really didn't do a lot. You know, it was mostly me listening, learning, observing, and kind of seeing how they prepare themselves and how, you know, those coaches would prepare their players. Um, But again, I was able to take those things from Wichita State and from even Sterling. You know, we had some very talented guys at Sterling. um, And so I got to, you know, basically go through that as a player at Sterling and then listen in and find out you know kind of the similarities of like hey like this guy at wichita state taught the same thing that this guy at sterling taught or whatever right and just continue like to put things together in my brain about you know what i think is right and how to teach guys and you know so um my i i spent some time at arizona western college as well um that was actually my first ever like college coaching job in actual college um and coached a lot of really good players, um, lots of international guys, a couple Arizona boys, and uh, I was in charge of the outfield there. I was in charge of the weights there. And, uh, you know, so I think for me to contribute from the development perspective, again, during summer ball and stuff, yeah, I mean, I I was very hands-on as a hitting guy, teaching maybe some base running things, uh, maybe some fielding things and catching things. um, But at Arizona Western, you know, there's more strength and conditioning, again, outfield. Throw BP, hit a fungo, you know stuff like that. Work with the corner infielders maybe here and there. Um, but you know, again at Arizona Western, I had two really good mentors there. Drew Keen has been at Arizona Western for a while, um, has won a lot of games, had a lot of success. And then his hitting coach is uh, Zeke Mitchum, um, one of the best hitting coaches in my opinion in all of in all of college baseball. Um, knows incredible amounts of information. Probably knows. I've probably, or he's probably forgot more about the game than I know about the game. And they just took me under their wing and kind of showed me the ropes. And, you know, they let me recruit, they let me travel, they let me make phone calls. And then again, run the weights program to how I see fit. And so I just got to take all these experiences through, you know, the the couple stops that I've had and the summer ball stops and, you know, contribute to, to player development as best as I could. So.
0: Absolutely. I tell you, what an experience it sounds like at Arizona Western College. And so kind of with that experience in mind, let's let's talk a little bit about Allen Community College. Hey, you guys just wrapped up your fall. How'd the fall go? And what's the expectation coming into the spring?
1: It was a good fall. Um, We're definitely kind of young. Um, It was a bigger freshman class. Um, We got about... I believe, 13 or 14 returners. So, I mean, we have a good mix of, of upperclassmen that can lead the freshmen. Um, but I liked how I liked how everything went. I think, you know, we're going to have a chance to be a, a scrappy group that's got some talent. And, you know, we're going to have a little bit of depth, I think, on the mound this year that we just didn't quite have last year. So, um, you know, the expectations to obviously go out and play the best we can and try to win as many games as we can. So, um, whether that leads you know, leads us to a conference title or something bigger, you know, has to be determined. It's up to these guys to go out there and do it.
0: Absolutely, man. That's exciting. Congratulations. Let me, uh, let me kind of ask you what was the, what was the roster size in the fall and what do you expect it to be in the spring?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think we started with 41. Um, I think we're down to 37. Um, We had a couple guys go home the first few weeks um, out of state kids um, that were traveling quite a, quite a ways from home. Um, But yeah, we're down to about 37 now. Um, I believe we got 15 or 16 arms and 20 to 21 position players kind of in that ballpark. So um, we got, we got some depth, you know, kind of all over the field and and like I said, on the mound. So um, last it, it. compared to last year, you know, last year, I think we only had 26 guys. So, um, and, and the majority of that group came in kind of during the coaching change with the the new assistants, myself and our other assistant. And so the head coach really, you know, did a good job of getting some good coaches in here, but he also had to fill a roster because a lot of players left. And so he had to sign about 15 or 20 guys over the summer as well. Um, so, we, we coached them up as best as we could, didn't quite win as many games as we had hoped, but, you know, it was a lot, of, a lot of change and moving parts, for sure, for everybody. So, But this year, it's a lot more set, been a full year of recruiting, you know, again, a full year of development with, again, most of our classes, freshmen. So, again, it's, there's going to be growth and, and growing pains and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I definitely like the direction that we're heading, so...
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, man, that's hard to field a college team with 26 on the roster. You were a little (laughs) bit challenged right there. So let's (laughs) talk about recruiting. I mean, man, if you built it up from 26 to 41 in the fall, you know, and and you'll land wherever you land in the spring, how how would a high school prospect really get on your radar, Coach Moore?
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm very blessed to be (laughs) – had a program where, you know, I can kind of go anywhere they that I see fit and, and the head coach will kind of signed off on it. Um, obviously, with me coaching a little bit out on the West Coast and coaching up in the Virginia area and, and uh, coaching a little bit in Florida and spending some time down there, I've been very fortunate to obviously get to meet a lot of people from across the country and kind of make some pipelines, if you will, so, again, if they call me up or if I call them just to chit-chat and visit and they start talking about a player, you know, that's, that's one way to get on our board. Um, again, we do our research, and video obviously helps um, because if the video is obviously intriguing enough, I will continue to dig and dig and dig and learn more about the kid and then maybe go out and watch the kid. Um, again, I'll help – I'm the type of guy, honestly, and again, our head coach, very grateful to be a part of a program like this, but I'm the type of a, type of guy to, to hop on a plane and go watch a kid. It doesn't matter where he's at. So if I think he can help us win and he's, you know, going to better our program um, academically and athletically, I'm all about it. So, um, yeah, I mean, PBR events, perfect game events, sure. Uh, go to showcases uh, during the summertime, Um you know, I'm traveling a lot over the summer. I think last summer I went to I went to Texas quite a few times. Um, I was supposed to go to Salt Lake. I ended up getting the flu, so I couldn't go for that. But I was going to go to Utah, um, and then I went to Florida for about a week and spent some time out there recruiting and trying to develop relationships again. And then during the fall, I went to the Arizona Fall Classic, so I was out in Phoenix for about four or five days recruiting out there. So. Um, I'm kind of all over the southern, UNet, southern U.S. really. Um, I, went, I went to a couple tournaments and stuff as well up in the Kansas City area as well. Um, that's only about an hour, hour and 25 minutes away. So, again, I'll ping pong kind of all over the place. So,
0: I mean, the recruiting process has changed drastically over <laughs> the last two or three, four years, really since COVID if you were going to give some advice really to guys that are, that are looking to get to the next level and their families as well, what kind of advice would you give them that, that potentially would help them kind of navigate everything that's changed in recruiting?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think the first thing that everybody needs to, to do family wise is obviously identify, kind of identify, you know, how far they're willing to go. Um, Again, we got some Florida boys here. We got a couple Europeans. We got a Netherlands kid. We got a German kid from Germany. Um, And then obviously a couple Arizona boys, South Texas boys. Um, Again, those are the players that, you know, we can win with because, in my opinion, as a coach, those guys are willing to do whatever it takes and distance doesn't limit them. So I think the first thing you got to do as a family – And as a, as a potential student athlete of a program is figure out how far you're willing to go, how far you're willing to travel. And could you embrace, you know, the JUCO life? Could you, could you be it, you know, could you have essentially seven days a week of something going on, whether it's a meeting or a practice or weights, or, you know, obviously school on top of all that, you know, could you tough, toughen through that and get through that? Um, Or do you think the four-year option is, is a better fit for you? It's a little bit more structured on when you can and can't practice. Um, you know, you might be able to get 15 hours this week and, you know, maybe 20 hours the next or, right, it's something like that. Whereas JUCO, there's not really much rules or regulations. Um, so our guys are able to, to really kind of get after it, um, you know, practice. I think we practice seven days a week here at Allen or not seven days a week, seven times a week. Um, So we practice Monday, 2 p.m. for about three hours. It's team-oriented practice. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are the long days. It's uh, you wake up, you do breakfast checks, you sign in with me, so I know you're at breakfast, and you eat with your teammates, you take your hat off, you're very professional, and you engage with your teammates, and then you go to weights at 8.30 if you don't have class. If you have an 8 a.m. class, you're usually done around 9:30. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, like that's it. It's just one class. Um, so that allows us to lift weights and structure weights in the morning. Um, and then right after weights, about 10 a.m., we're practicing. And it's all offense. It's all hitting lab stuff. Um, we'll divide the cage up into two tunnels. We'll hit BP on the field. We'll do bunting behind the tunnel or behind the turtle. Um, and then outfielders and whoever's left in the field are just shagging, um, you know, they can get live reads and stuff like that if they want. Um, but you do that till about 1130, then you go eat lunch and then you have about an hour, hour and a half and you come back and we're practicing again. It's 2 PM practice. Um, you do it for about two to four. Um, again, it could be team practice. It could be, um, Maybe like live offense where you're facing a pitcher that day and you're just hitting BP off the pitcher, or again it could be double barrel machine. It could be angle BP. Just you know it varies on certain days, um, but then and then after that you're done. Um, Wednesdays are mandatory that we do off day for our guys to let them recover, and then again Thursdays the two a day, and then Fridays again waits at five forty five in the morning with me. Um, you're usually done about seven. You go to breakfast check, you go shower, you go to breakfast check, check in with me for breakfast again, um, and then you go to class until whenever you're done, usually noon or one, and then we practice at two. So um, the breakfast check for us is big. It's how, it's how we kind of hold players accountable to attend that 8 a.m. class. Um, a lot of kids will stay up late playing video games too long, right? But if they know they got breakfast check, they know... You know if you miss that there is some type of punishment you know it's kind of the foundational piece here at allen that we do for our guys to get you know to pass their classes and get good grades so um our cafeterias everything at allen is is in one building so school calf, student center all that's in one building um it's a smaller smaller campus so you actually work harder walking from your dorm to the calf to eat breakfast <laughs> to turn around and go back to your dorm to go to bed than you would just walk in maybe 80 to hundred feet to your classroom for that morning. <laughs> so that's why we do the breakfast checks. Um, but yeah, I mean, identify how far you're willing to go identify, obviously your skill level. You need to be honest with yourself. Don't be turned off to Juco. Don't be turned off to D3 NAIA D2, you know, don't be a D1 or bus mindset. Um, and then obviously if you're going to attend showcases and families are going to pay for showcases, I mean, I think, you know, you need to be real with yourself and ask if you're good enough to attend and be seen by, you know, really good coaching. Um, so those are, those are probably the things that I think everybody needs to kind of be honest with themselves at because everybody's skilled differently. Um, again, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you go and do a showcase and, you're a bottom half for the type dude, you know, in that first showcase, but in six months, you know, if you're working hard and you're getting after and you continue to develop, you know, you're going to come back and put up better numbers. Right. So again, I'm not saying don't go to showcases necessarily, but just make sure you're prepared, make sure you're ready to go.
0: I got to tell you, coach Moore, you have been absolutely awesome tonight. I mean, you have given fantastic advice. I love listening to your uh, career progression again. And I'm telling you, you're going to touch a lot of lives tonight. I I am really appreciative that you hopped on this call with uh, Now d one speaks I hope you've gotten something out of it as well.
1: Absolutely. It's been a great opportunity. Um, I'm glad I got the chance to hop on this call with you and, and kind of tell you about myself a little bit, but also our program and kind of what we look for and what we do. So I appreciate it.
0: No doubt. If I could ask you one more question, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. One of the questions that I love to ask, and I always think about like uh, freshmen in high school, and and it's really freshmen that they're good at baseball and um, they want to put themselves in a position to be good for as long as they can. What kind of advice would you give that age group today that maybe would position themselves for success in the future?
1: Obviously, the weight room um at that point in your life is is big i mean you need to lift you need to develop your body physically um and then obviously play you know if you're a a freshman sophomore in high school the weight room and, and play like go out and find a summer ball team that you can go in and get you know hopefully 100 at bats in a summer and and then come back ready for your high school season that following year um be be receptive to coaching um A lot of kids don't like to be coached nowadays. A lot of kids don't like to feel uncomfortable and challenged. And, you know, at the JUCO level especially, it's it's all challenge, right? I mean, we're we're pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and repping you out and repping you out and repping you out. And you know, you get you gotta be receptive to it. You can't be turned off by it. And if you learn to be if you can learn as a human being to be uncomfortable, that's when growth sets in you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And I think if you can learn to do those things, you're going to grow, your body's going to grow. And, you know, I think everybody has the potential to do things that they never thought they'd be able to do. You know, I didn't think I was ever, ever going to be able to go to college, and I did. And it's because I was really honest with myself, and I wanted to change, and I didn't want to accept not getting a good GPA anymore. I didn't want to accept kind of not being disciplined to my studies. Right. So I learned to challenge myself and, you know, it's put me in a position now where I get to make impacts and teach people and, um, serve others. You know, that's a big thing about coaching. If, if you're in it to win games all the time and, you know, win national title every year and, and that's your only goal, you know, again, like that's awesome, man. But like I hope you're making a difference in these kids' lives too, because they need it. So, um, again, I want to win. I want to win a national title with the best of them. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to get these guys better so they can get out of here. So
0: a hey, great advice, coach Moore. And again, man, I cannot thank you enough for being on just absolutely impressed with you and uh, everything that you're doing, everything that you said. So thank you so much for being on this evening. Absolutely. Appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me Just Appreciate it. It's a great opportunity.
0: Well, thank you. And with that, I think we're just going to say good night. Hey, let
1: me ask you something.
0: Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college and travel ball teams than any other. The blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast.